again, this is Tori Kensington talking, and this is the Optimistic Almanac for Thursday, September 14th, 2017. It was on today's date in 1992 that 25-year-old John C. Vincent climbed to the top of the Gateway Arch in St. Louis using suction cups and proceeded to parachute back to the ground. He was later charged with two misdemeanors, climbing a national monument and parachuting in a national park. Federal prosecutor Stephen Higgins called the act a great stunt, but it was something the Park Service didn't take lightly. Vincent, a construction worker and driver from Harvey, Louisiana, did it for, quote, just the excitement, just for the thrill. And he had previously parachuted off the World Trade Center in May of 1991. He said that scaling the arch wasn't that hard, and he considered a jump off the monument for a few months. In an interview, Vincent said he visited the arch observation area a month before the stunt to see if he could use a maintenance hatch for accessing the monument's peak. Due to the heavy security, he instead decided to climb up the arch's exterior using suction cups, which he had used before to scale shorter buildings. Dressed in black, Vincent began crawling up the arch around 3.30 in the morning on September 14th and arrived undetected at the arch around 5.45, taking an additional 75 minutes to rest, take photos before finally jumping. During this time, he was seen by two traffic reporters inside the one Metro Square skyscraper. Vincent was also spotted midair by Daryl Stone, a chief ranger for the National Park Service. Stone reported seeing Vincent grab his parachute after landing and run to a nearby car, which quickly drove away. However, authorities were able to detain two men on the ground who had been videotaping the jump. Stone said 37-year-old Ronald Carroll and 27-year-old Robert Wenzel, both St. Louis residents, were found with a wireless communication headset and video camera, as well as a still camera with a telephoto lens. The two were also charged with two misdemeanors, disorderly conduct and commercial photography in a national park. Vincent later turned himself in and initially pleaded not guilty to the charges against him. He eventually accepted a guilty plea in which he testified against Carol and Wenzel, revealing that the two consented to recording the jump during a meeting of all three on the day before his stunt occurred. Federal Magistrate Judge David Nosey ruled on January 28, 1993, that Carroll had been involved in a conspiracy and was guilty of both misdemeanor charges. The charges against Winslow had been dropped by federal attorneys. In his decision, Nosey said, quote, There are places in our country where the sufficiently skilled can savor the exhilaration and personal satisfaction of accomplishing courageous and intrepid acts, of reaching dreamed-of heights, and for coursing dangerous adventures, but added that other places are designed for, quote, the exhilaration of mere observation for the appreciation of the imaginings and the work of others. The St. Louis Arch and the grounds of the Jefferson National Expanse Memorial are in the latter category. And today, in 1948, Milton Berle began his television career with the Texaco Star Theater, his program being sponsored by Texaco Gasoline. The entire show was, of course, produced live on stage in one long, continuous take, even the commercials. 
The show opened each night with a quartet of Texaco gasoline servicemen singing, Oh, we're the men from Texaco. We work from Maine to Mexico. There's nothing like the Texaco of ours. Our show tonight is powerful. We'll wow you with an hour full of howls from a shower full of stars. We're the merry Texaco men. Tonight we may be showmen, but tomorrow we'll be servicing your cars. It was one of the first successful examples of American television broadcasting, remembered as the show that gave Milton Berle the nickname of Mr. Television. He was a smash hit once the new full season began, the Texaco Star Theater hitting ratings as high as 80 and owning Tuesday night for NBC from 8 to 9 p.m. And as the show landed a pair of Emmy Awards in the first year, the show itself for Best Kinescope Show and Burl as the most outstanding kinescope personality, Uncle Nilty joked, preened, Prattfeld danced costumes and clowned his way into stardom, with Americans discovering television as a technological marvel and an entertainment medium seeming to bring the country to a dead stop every Tuesday night, just to see what the madcap Burl might pull next. With Burl at the helm, Texaco Star Theater was largely credited with driving American television set sales heavily. The number of TV sets sold on Burl's run on the show was said to have grown from 500,000 his first year on the tube to over 30 million when the show ended in 1956. Texaco Star Theater was also the highest-rated television show of the 1950 and 51 television season, the first season in which the Nelson ratings were used. Uncle Milty was far from alone in keeping the show alive and kicking. His support players included Fatso Marco, Ruth Gilbert as Max, Milton's love-starved secretary, Bobby Sherwood, Arnold Stang, Jack Collins, Milton Fromm, and the show's music was produced and provided by Alan Roth and Victor Young. As phenomenally popular as the Texaco Star Theater was, it was hardly an undisturbed appeal. Quote, Burl presented himself as one part buffoon, one part consummate professional entertainer, a kind of veteran of the Borscht Belt trenches, the Museum of Broadcasting Communications would observe decades after the show left the air. Yet even with his show's sanctioned exhibitionism, some of Burl's behavior could cross the line from affability to effrontery. At its worst, the underlying tone of the Burl programs can appear to be one of contempt should the audience not respond approvingly. In some cases, this led to a surprising degree of self-consciousness about TV itself. Texaco's original commercial spokesman, Sid Stone, would sometimes hawk his products until driven from the stage by a cop. But the uneven balance of excess and decorum proved wildly successful. Here's a quote from the 1951 Broadway musical hit show Top Banana, said by the character Jerry Biffle, portrayed by Phil Silvers, parodying Milton Berle. Television is burlesque with antennas. The Optimistic Almanac is made possible each weekday morning by NPC, the National Podcasting Company, a 501c3 nonprofit and is funded by our listeners. Thank you. Research for today's show is by Lexi Caligari. I'm Tori Kensington. Keep the faith, keep in love, and keep in touch. <laughs>